Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And welcome to Ladies Who London podcast. I'm Emily Dell. And I'm Alex Lacey and we are qualified London Blue Badge Tourist Guides. Each week we bring to you some of the best bits of London. We talk about our favourite people, places and events with a bit of information, a lot of laughs and a whole lot of fun. I very nearly forgot it there. We can be found on Instagram at Ladies Who London podcast and on our website skydemily.com and alexlacy.com as well as our dedicated website ladieswholondon.com for more information about us, the show notes and all the other bits and pieces and things and stuff. Yay! Yay! Hello Emily, fresh back from holiday, how are you? I am groovy. Are we going one week where you're not going on holiday this year? Oh, don't. Make it sound like I'm away all the time. It was just a little weekend away. A couple of nights. Little jaunt off to Italy. No, it's very nice. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Really lovely. And then you're back in time for the snow to hit. Hooray. What the hell is going on? (laughs) Climate change, babe, isn't it? Climate change, honestly. Are we really expecting snow? Apparently, we've had two weeks of gorgeous, sunny weather. Mm. I mean, admittedly, a bit warm for this time of the year, but we're now apparently back to freezing temperatures and possibly snow. Possibly snow. Well, hey, you know. Just in time to go out into the garden or uh, the gardens of Hampton Court Palace and do an Easter bunny hunt. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, but you can't blooming wait. Absolutely. And this is the week this is the week that we are drawing the, snow. the winners for half of our competition. <gasps> yes, which is because very I, exciting. I, I don't think, Alex, people really knew that there were two opportunities to win. Oh no, of course they did. Sorry. They did. <laughs> of course they did. Sorry, Maybe it's just me who's just realised. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, forget that everybody. There you know you know the score. There are two prizes. Somebody knows the score. Uh, which are of course two tickets to um the easter egg hunt at either hampton court palace or kensington palace yeah or what's our other prize alex the other prize which we're not drawing this week we're drawing in two weeks time is Mm. um a whole one kilogram linked (gasps) chocolate bunny oh my goodness which is super exciting so if you haven't um, entered yet and you do want to and we have to say that it is within the uk only uh that does include northern ireland um then uh please go and enter you've still got two weeks to win yourself some chockey um there may even well yes there may even be more than one to win as well <gasps> oh goodness me <laughs> so um that's for two weeks time but what do we have entry wise how we i think we've had quite a lot of entries i've been oh, every time oh, i look I, in the email there's a million more emails which is great. honestly like the word submission is just like entering the <laughs> bang, 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 bang. <laughs> bang 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 um so exciting and thank you so much for everybody that has has told us you know your favorite easter events and why you love easter because goodness me it's been so fun to read and of course we are drawing a winner today for the tickets we're drawing at random aren't we we are we are drawing it at random um it has been drawn i can tell you that was your job this week that was my job go on then go on then tell us who's the winner of the tickets so the winner of the tickets is Laura Edmonds yay Laura Edmonds you have won come on down so um, just to tell you her uh, the reason why she loves Easter it's very sweet actually I'm so pleased because it's just such a sweet sweet one my neighbour giving me a lint bunny to find when I was a child playing on my swing alone 
Oh, how adorable <laughs> is adorable. that? So she's Aww. on her swing, and her neighbour has given her a lint bunny. So it works out even, you know, even oh, better because it's you know you've got a lint bunny. So thank you so much for that, Laura. Congratulations, Laura. We will put you in touch with Stephanie from Lint, who is going to sort you out with your tickets, and you can figure out what date you want to come. But well done, congratulations. Well done. Enjoy that hunt. Go get that chocolate. Enjoy that hunt. And uh, for everyone else who still wants to win the chocolate, don't worry. Two more weeks. Two more weeks. Keep entering. Two more weeks. And we'll um, we'll draw that shortly. Um, have you got any shout outs this week? I've got a couple. Um, I don't actually. No. I don't have any well, firstly, outs. I want to I want to just shout out uh, to Maz, who um has been she's been in touch with us many many times. Um, hello, Maz. Um, and she she actually she she sent this little message that I don't mean to be spamming you this stuff. It's never spamming, Maz. We never love spamming. Please, stuff. please but, bring um, on the spam. She, said she had some pictures come up on her Facebook memories from the British Baroque exhibition at the Tate Britain a couple of years ago. And it's none other than Sir Cloudsley Shovel. The <gasps> Sir Cloudsley Shovel. Oh my gosh, lest we forget. Absolutely, the episode about John Harrison and the clocks in Greenwich. I mean, genuinely one of yes. the best names ever, Sir Cloudsley best Shovel. Name. Um, so thank you. Yeah, no, please do send us things like that when they crop up because we love all that weird stuff. Um, and I also this week have to say hi uh, to one of my friends, Aaron, who is a listener. Aaron lives in the US. He was coming over with a group of students um, the last sort of 10 days or so. He was in the UK and we were supposed to try and meet up and it just didn't happen. It just things got in the way and it was all a bit of a nightmare um, but he listens almost religiously and he said he was going to catch up um, on the ones he'd missed while he was over here um, on on his way back so hello Aaron Hi, I'm Aaron. sorry we didn't get to see you but next time next time and you can uh, um, you can you can listen to us here uh, in the meantime but thank you so much for for trying trying to see me while you were over just wasn't one of those uh wasn't meant to be that bless also just to say lots of people have been getting in touch about operation mincemeat and saying uh hello are you yes. aware there's a movie out there's not just a movie out not just a movie so the movie is coming out very soon and thank you to everybody who's told us about it um i know that our friend of the pod lee um has already seen it because he is a judge for the something BAFTAs, I think it is. So he has already seen it. And Emily is rolling her eyes right what now. An absolutely fantastic job. This guy, honestly, Lee, you are just oh, living your best don't, don't, is he life. Oh, don't, so huge. But um, so he's already seen it, and he um, he's well because Colin Firth is in it, and yes. um, I can't actually remember what he thought of it. So I'm gonna have to ask him again. I don't know why I told that story, but anyway. Um, but not only is it coming out as a film soon, but the musical is back. <gasps> it was so good. Oh, that it they've, was so good. It was so good that they've got another run on at Riverside Studios um, mm. in London, which is a really lovely theatre down in Hammersmith. Mm. Um, and I'm just going to pull up the dates for it. But you and I are going again, aren't we? It's honestly the best thing I've seen in years. Yeah. In years. It, every single moment was just fantastic. It's so funny. And the um, Riverside Studios is a bigger space. Um, it's going to be so exciting. And you and I, because we're such nerds, we have booked to see it on the very first day that it is open, um, which I think is the 28th of April. I'm just going to check that uh, to make sure that I've got that right. Um, but yeah, if anybody else wants to go again, I mean, we're going on that day, but of course you don't have to do whatever you like. But um, if you didn't get a chance to see it before... Um, then this is your time because oh my goodness and we're trying to get one of them on the podcast we keep trying um, it's happening yes 28th of april to the 9th of july so it is you've we've got a little bit of a longer period um this time to try and see it genuinely one of the best things i've seen on stage i think it's going to run oh and run god so, i cannot wait i'm gonna be one of those gang. mad fans that like buys a cd and just learns all of the songs so um yeah do go and buy a ticket for that riverside studios again is is a very affordable um theater so it's uh it's doable and if i know a lot of our listeners who don't live in the uk or don't live in london are coming to london this summer so if you are try and get a ticket because you won't regret it honestly no it's not like we've been paid to plug them. We really haven't. I know, we, <laughs> we really, really so haven't. Much. Just loved it so, so much. Brilliant. Brilliant production. So on with this week's podcast. Uh, yes. Well, last week, let's just hold on a minute, Alex, because last week we... Well, where do we go? We... What do we do? Oh, no, of course. Why do I always forget every week you to do pedestal? You always podcast forget pedestal. the podcast pedestal. What's wrong with me? I don't know. Well, last Nobody week knows. we were... Um, 
link to Pimlico for Barbara Hepworth, who mm. uh, you did a fabulous chat on, and she's an amazing woman and such a phenomenal artist. And it's lovely to to kind of had a bit more of a chat about her and to discover mm. bits of of her life in London. But actually, neither of our podcast pedestals were based on her time in London, were they? They weren't. No. Um, they were both Cornwall-based. They were both Cornwall-based. So I went for the actual move itself to Cornwall. Yeah. And what did you go for? Well, I went for her garden in her museum uh, mm. in Cornwall, which is such a lovely space and it's really natural and it's how she wanted it to be um, and it's gorgeous. So those were your two picks and I'm going to tell you, it's a Brexit divide. It's 48-52. Oh, yeah. So it's very close. Oh. Do you know Emily what? Emily thought she had it in the me. bag. And I really so thought sure. I had it in the bag. I was like, gosh, this is unbelievable. Another win mm. for me. And now I'm... And in fairness, you know, they were, they're they two quite quite well competing um, bits because it's, it's both Cornwall, which inspired her. So mm-hmm. I think they were always going to go fairly toe-to-toe. Which way do you think it's gone? I think it's gone your way. You're right, it has. Yes, it's gone your way. Oh, shut up. Shut you. up. Start to get complex. <laughs> so what does that mean? Where are we now? I think it was 6-4, wasn't it? So that Just would make checking. it 6-5. Just checking. So it is... Oh, Yes, yeah, no. so it's 6-5. Six, 6-5 five. Six, six, five five. to me. To you. Yeah, all right, I know. <laughs> Just <laughs> in case you didn't. <laughs> Rubbing salt into the wound. <laughs> Fabulous. So there mm, we go. So um, yeah, it was all about her garden in her studio this time. Mm. But, <gasps> but this week, onwards, and the wheel, when you span it, landed in uh, Covent Garden, didn't it? Yes, it did. And you decided to talk about... Um, a little bit of gay history. Yes, I did. And it's a really interesting little bit of history, this, because it's not one, uh, a story that I had known until quite recently. And then it popped up and I thought, oh, actually, this is a bit good. Mm. Um, and so I'm linking it in Covent Garden to, well, there's two places I could theoretically link it to. One is the Strand Theatre and one is the Bow Street Magistrates Court. Now, for the, um, we've spoken about Bow Street Magistrates Court um, several times, and we still do need to get the director on um, to come and chat to us. But um, it was the head of the first sort of police force, the Bow Street Runners, um, and was a functioning magistrates court well in all the way through the 1900s. I think it closed in the early 2000s. So a really, you know, important spot that has seen a whole host of people um, come through its doors for court cases and this is one a court case that I want to talk about uh, relating to two men called Frederick Park and another guy called now I've found different names for him either Thomas or Ernest Bolton so it's uh, Frederick Park and I'm going to call him Thomas Bolton because that's how I've always sort of uh, known of him now these guys um they're, they're a really interesting case. These two chaps. Now, if we start with Thomas Bolton, um, he was born in London, in Peckham. But both of these men were decently off middle class men, white men, you know, the kind of people from good backgrounds, let's say, who were in the sort of echelons of society that were, were respected. We're talking about Victorian Britain. And Victorian Britain is a lot more prudish than... Uh, Edwardian, uh, Edwardian, sorry, Georgian Britain, the 1700s. But it's still, it's kind of later on in the 1800s where things get even more prudish. So these two guys, um, both from decent families, and Thomas Bolton in particular, even from when he was a really young uh, kid, had always quite liked... um, sort of cross-dressing really he'd like dressing up in his mother's dresses and she she remembers him dressing up from the age of about four you know he would mm-hmm. always just sort of play he'd play parts female characters in in little skits that he'd put on and did like kind of private plays for the family and he would always always do uh the play the part of a woman mm-hmm. and they you know he played the piano he was an excellent singer he had loads and loads of photos taken and you know loved kind of performing clearly was a you know a died in the world performer but predominantly in what was known even at the time as drag mm-hmm. now 
when he gets to his late teens, he in, he's introduced to this chap called Frederick Park. And Frederick Park, turns out he was very similar. Um, he'd had a very similar background. I think Thomas Bolton's family was stockbrokers. And I think William um, Frederick Park's were accountants or something similar. But, you know, in the same sort of tier of society, let's say. And the two of these guys figured out that actually they really liked dressing as women. They really liked performing as women. And they set up a double act as uh, men dressed as women. And they used women's names as well. So um, Thomas Bolton used the name Stella, Stella mm. Clinton, or sometimes Stella Graham, Mrs. Graham, he went by. Okay. And um, uh, Frederick Park went by the name Fanny, Fanny Park. Fanny so, and Mrs. Graham, come yeah. on down. So they were known mostly as their kind of their act as um, Fanny and Stella. That was the sometimes, like I say, sometimes Mrs. Graham, but but often Fanny, Fanny and Stella. And they started touring this around the, around the country, and the reviews were great. People really enjoyed them. Um, they were often invited to go to kind of supper at country houses after the show. And, and sometimes the, the people inviting them would even say, oh, come in your stage clothes and, you know, mm. pose for photos and all this kind of thing. So they are really at the forefront of a, a movement of drag, um, essentially. And this means that they are in a bit of a, a kind of circle of what they ended up terming uh, the sisters. And it was other men who were gay and who maybe dressed as women were possibly trans um but essentially a group of people because of course the well being gay or or rather i should say more specifically the act of being gay um was illegal it was mm. illegal at the time and was punishable by prison terms by fines um uh, not so much execution but it, you know, thing, things could happen that that weren't particularly pleasant so you have to be a little bit careful. Um, but Fanny and Stella um, decided that they were going to, you know, start sort of going out in society as women. And they were seen um, in places like, they would go to the Oxford and Cambridge boat race. They oh, would go brilliant. to the theatre. They would go um, to sort of Burlington Arcade, which was known as a, a spot for uh, for sex workers, actually. And they, uh -huh. there was there's stories they may have also um, been in that trade too. We don't quite know. There's not, you know, huge amounts of, of evidence for that. But they were pretty well known as, well, kind of, I'm putting in, in um, quotation marks, cross-dressers. They may have been trans. We don't know. And of course, it, it wasn't that uh, the sort of delineation of, of gender and sexuality wasn't quite as, as you know, open as it is today. So we, we may never know. But we do know that they would go out an awful lot in women's clothes. Um, one thing that's quite interesting is that um, Thomas Bolton's mother, um, she was she was kind of okay she was on board with it all she would uh lend her son her dresses and um and he, all of his friends who would go by women's names she thought it was lovely really sweet in fact interestingly her name was mary ann and mary ann ironically was a slang term for a male sex worker was it really yeah not that she was a man or a sex worker it's just no quite but... an irony that that's yeah, yeah that's where it came from um now one of the things is that Thomas Bolton became very good friends with a guy called uh, Lord Clinton, Arthur Clinton. Um, she never quite, she, so she sort of, she supported, you know, his, the way that he dressed in women's clothes and that kind of thing. But she was quite naive about, um, I guess, him being gay, really, and any relationships that he might have had, which later on is going to be quite helpful. So, he meets this chap called Lord Clinton. Um, he's a member of the um, the Liberal Party. Um, he's gay and as well. And Thomas and Lord Clinton, they enter into a relationship. There are a variety of people who um, sort of, you know, talk about their relationship and, and say that they've ended, they, they were at Lord Clinton's house and Thomas Bolton came down and they referred to each other as wife. Um, and well, particularly Thomas Bolton, said you know I'm, I'm clinton's wife and he even had cards printed up as his name lady clinton really yeah. so this is quite you know it's quite sort of out it's there quite, yeah it's quite risky for the time isn't it yeah absolutely absolutely mm. so this is where things start to take a little bit of a of an odd turn now in april 9 uh, 1870 
um, Stella and Fanny and a couple of their friends decided that they were going to go on a lavish night out. So they went out, they uh, went for dinner and dressed in women's clothes. They went for dinner and then they went to the Strand Theatre and they they'd hired a private box. And they also, rather shockingly to people who were there who knew that they were men, because let's face it, not everybody did. And we're going to come back to that. They used the ladies lose as well. Oh. Yes. So that's quite a big deal if anybody were to know that they were men. But most people actually thought that they passed as women. So a lot of people didn't realise. Well, I was going to ask, you know, in terms of aesthetic, did they shave their beard? Do you know if they wore yeah. makeup? Yes, all of the above. Yeah, they did. Mm. So they uh, they would shave. Um, they would absolutely wear makeup, wigs, hats. I mean, there are there are pictures which we'll put on the um, uh, on the show notes of them um, wearing, you know, full on, you know, ladies evening dresses and hats and gloves and you name it. They mm. and, and a lot of people in the theatre, in the restaurants and those kind of things, assumed they were women. They didn't wow. have any inkling that they might not be women. Do you think they created a bosom? Oh, yeah, almost certainly. I mean, mm. I mean, you're talking about the Victorian era where silhouettes in clothing are accentuated anyway with corsets and bum rolls yes, and all that course. kind of thing. So, you know, very easy to do. That's not really a, um, an issue quite so much. So, on this night in April 1870, 28th of April, um they had gone there now it, impersonating a woman or dressing as a woman was not theoretically a crime it was what was termed a misdemeanor and this meant that realistically if you were caught doing that that the worst that was going to happen is that you'd get a fine and you'd maybe get a bit of a tongue lashing from the you know the copper or the um, magistrate or whoever but it wasn't really that much of an issue the real issue that people are worried about is whether gay sex has taken place now on this night there was a chap called william chamberlain and he's part of the of the police force he had been he now because um fanny and stella had been quite you know they were quite well known they had been tooting all over town for some while they had been in surveillance from the police for well over a year before they were eventually arrested and on this one night william chamberlain from the police force decides that Tonight's the night. He's going to arrest them. So as they leave um, the theatre, they are arrested and taken to Bow Street Police Station. Now, what goes on at this point is a really demeaning uh, body search, basically. What they're trying to find out is any physical evidence of what was termed pedication. So basically being gay, gay gay sex having happened essentially so you know as you can imagine this is pretty humiliating mm. for these well i'm going to call them women when they're dressed as women where for, for for the women very very um demeaning for them and what then happens is they come to trial a year later but what before they go to trial the next day after they've been arrested they appear in the court um they now this is where again they're trying to be as demeaning to Fanny and Stella as possible. Hmm. They've spent the night in prison. So the beard stubble is, tr- is starting to come through. The makeup is smudging. The wigs are all askew. And they don't let them change back into men's clothes in order to go for their initial hearing. Oh, wow. And what they're trying to do, what the police are trying to do with this is, is show them up for being men dressing as women. Now, in theory... That should have just been a fine and off you pop. Yeah. But these guys are trying to make uh, a spectacle of them. Now, they are not the only people who eventually come to trial. The trial takes place in 1871, so a year later. And by the time that they come to trial, Bolton's um, boyfriend or husband or whatever we're terming uh, their relationship, um, uh, Lord Clinton, has also been arrested um, as well as a couple of other chaps. So there's one guy called Louis Hurt, one guy called John Stafford Fisker, and he is the United States Consul in Edinburgh. Um, there were three other guys. Now, though the other three guys had led absconded, they'd legged it. So they hadn't been, well, they hadn't been able to stick around for the trial. Um, and Lord Clinton, now bearing in mind They've had this relationship. So there's actual evidence of this relationship and love letters between Lord Clinton and Thomas Bolton 
were discovered and were used in the trial. However, Clinton, by the time it comes to the court case, has died. Oh, no. Yeah. Now, there are reports that it... Well, the, the, the official thing is that it is natural causes. However, one thing is that something that's been suspected and never really been proved but has been suspected ever since is that either suicide or a bumping off might have happened. God, this is turning into a bit of a mm. an interesting crime story here. It, it really is. And it's, you know, it's it's quite, it's really quite awful. And of course, this is, this period between 1870 and 1871, mm. their case has been splashed all over the paper. So it's mm. a tabloid, you know, the, the tabloids are going for it. It's, you've got this Victorian society who love this, you know, they love the theatre, they love theatricality. They're very happy to go to the theatre and to watch men dress in drag and applaud it and enjoy it and maybe even invite them to their to their homes for dinner as almost like a, a I guess a bit of a curio or a, a little bit of entertainment but when that bleeds over into real life they're not quite so okay with it mm. and what's interesting about it is that even though the the men dressing as women is not in itself a gay act inherently it's not it's just men dressing as women doesn't mean that you're gay doesn't has no connotation but in victorian society it was basically saying that you're gay and it was essentially saying that you had partaken in sodomy now sodomy was illegal Hmm. so whilst so one of the things that when it comes to trial the defense is very much look these guys are in the theater they are actors they are you know they're dressing this way. You love them on the stage. It bleeds over into their life. So what? So what? But the the kind of Victorian society is very much like, oh no no no, this is not this is unnatural and this is this is not okay. And the charge that they're brought up on is, um, it's quite it, it's well, what they're trying to do is they're trying to prove that sex has taken place even if it hasn't. So the the crime is called. Um, they were charged with committing the abominable crime of buggery. Hmm. Even though there's no evidence for this at all. Now, the trial takes place. There is bribing of witnesses. There is, you name it, there are witnesses coming in from all over the place. And it is quite an interesting court case. We mentioned earlier that his mum, uh, Bolton's mum, was aware that he well, at the very least cross-dressed and was kind of okay with it. But she'd never really sort of twigged that he was gay. Um, So when it came to court, her naivety in that matter was actually quite good. It kind of played into the defence because she was able to go, oh, no, no, I, I," you know, and it was genuine because she'd Mm. never really thought of anything like that. And they thought, how on earth does his mother not know? Exactly. And, And so there was no way that she would sort of not know because she's his mother so of course if she is completely baffled by it then you know i guess it's not true so it kind of worked quite um quite well one thing that's quite interesting is that the 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 court reporters the newspapers they didn't know how to refer to fanny and stella was it fanny and stella was it interesting thomas and and um frederick i mean Mm. what you know what identity do you give them what identity do you give them absolutely can i just ask alex when you said that it took a year for the trial yeah. Were they in prison for that entire year? Or That's were they a very allowed... good question. And the answer is, I'm not sure. I don't think so, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. I suspect... Uh, I don't know, actually. Because I guess they, I've not been able they to probably find weren't out. allowed to perform, at least, if they were. Well, back. I mean, well, who knows? Who knows? Mm, mm. They'd have had to bring in money somehow. I don't know, to be honest. I've not... Okay. This is what's interesting is is we don't know massive amounts about their lives. We know a fair mm. amount about the court case. Um, but in all of my rummaging, and I'm sure there would be some info somewhere as to whether or not they were in court in in, in custody for the whole time, but I it didn't come up in my in my rummaging. So I'm sure if I went deep enough I'd find something. Mm. But what's quite interesting is the people that they call as witnesses. Now, um Bolton and Park had lived for quite some time at a place called Wakefield Street, number 13 Wakefield Street. Um, And they didn't really, well, they sort of lived there, but it was mostly like a changing room. 
that they used it for. And their landlady, a lady called Mrs. Stacy, uh, and her daughter and a few of their lodgers were really as uh, they, they knew what was going on. They knew that these guys were renting this out, that they dressed as women. They'd come there, they'd get changed, all this kind of thing. And she was brought in as a witness for the prosecution. And she said, and this is from the court transcript, she saw them all between the Monday and Thursday dressed as women. She never saw any impropriety of conduct. There was not the slightest attempt at concealment that they were in the habit of dressing as women. So she's saying, look, they didn't make it. They weren't pulling the wool over anybody's eyes. Mm. They, they were doing this, but I didn't see anything illegal going on. Yeah. So thank you, Mrs. Stacey, for yeah. sticking up for them. Another guy, there's, um, they brought in a whole load of people, especially um, to try and, and prove that. So this is what they're trying to do is they're trying to prove that the act of sodomy, which was illegal, had taken place by virtue of the fact that these guys were wearing women's clothes. So everyone that they're bringing in to do this is kind of actually helping out Thomas and Frederick because they're all going, hey, they passed in my in my estimation there's one chap a guy called henry holland who was um a driver he'd gone to uh pick them up for they were going out for the day somewhere and he came he said um park came down in his female attire and got into the uh the carriage he said his sister was not ready he was shortly returned accompanied with bolton who was dressed as a woman he had no idea at the time this is the driver that they were men dressed as women hmm so they're very, very convincing. Yeah. There was another lady who worked at the Lyceum Theatre where they used to go regularly, a lady called Eleanor Coulton. Uh, and her, she said, her testimony said, three persons came to me in the Grand Salon on the 27th of April, 1870. It's the day before they were arrested. Two of them were Bolton and Park. Mr. Park was dressed in a green low-necked dress with a muslin scarf over it. Mr. Bolton was dressed in a mauve satin. They asked for a brandy and spit soda each and after that, they asked for the ladies' room. And they said, you know, did you think they were men? She said, I took them for women. And You can just imagine them, can't you? Just yeah. sitting there, sipping on their little cocktail and yeah. feeling And happiness. everybody they ask, they're all saying, no, they didn't mm. mean any trouble. They weren't, they weren't upsetting anyone. They were, mm. they were just being them. They were just being yeah. there, dressed for all intents and purposes as any other woman in the theatre would. They weren't making a song and dance. They were just being there. Mm. and all this really helps the defense they kind of this the, there's such a lack of evidence for what they're trying to charge them on that and and one newspaper actually goes as much to, you know as far as saying appearing in women's clothes in public places were, was not the offense for which they were being tried mm. and it's all you know this bluff and bluster and 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 trying to say, oh, by dressing in women's clothes that we suspect this has gone on, we're going to try and prove it. And they can't prove it. For all, As far wow. as we're aware, they weren't in a relationship. Thomas mm. Bolton had a relationship with Lord Clinton. We don't know too much about Frederick Park. But as far as we're aware, they were a double act. We have no evidence to know whether or not they were actually a couple at all. Yeah. I find really interesting. So the whole thing kind of comes around to, to this thing that... Um, Bolton and Park are sort of pretending to be they're, they're, they're being entertaining which was completely okay in the sort of Victorian moral code but the defence decided that that wasn't enough to make sure that they got them off so they said right, we're, going to, we're going to prove that they were physically not guilty of what, what you are suspected of um, and what happens, the way that they do this and this is pretty awful but it, it bolsters their case is several medical experts are brought in um and they have done um they've looked at the bodies of these men basically they've gone Gosh, and awful yeah. isn't it i mean it's how really... humiliating yeah <sighs> and, seven and seven several 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 yeah, I don't know how many, um, but a handful. And there was one chap who was quite a big name. You know, he was a, um, a member of the Royal College of Surgeons. And he said, I found nothing upon Bolton and Park to show that they had committed an unnatural offence, which is what the, the, the thing was termed. Mm. Nor could I find anything that would lead to a suspicion that they had been guilty of an unnatural offence. So essentially, everything is pointing to the fact that they might dress as women, but there ain't a shred of evidence to show that they have committed an unnatural offence, essentially going against the law of sodomy yeah it's very very interesting 
So, amazingly, incredibly, they are acquitted. They are... They're they're allowed to, to... Well, I say they're allowed to go free. They're not quite allowed to go free. They have um, a subsequent court case and then they are sort of bonded over for about two years, which basically is like, a bit like bail, really. Um, they have to, I think, pay up um, a certain amount um, and they are bonded over, which means you just basically can't get into any trouble for the next two years. But other than that, they are let go free, which is quite impressive. And at this point, Bolton and Parker like, ah, stuff this. And they leave the country and they carry on in New York and they continue their lifestyle. Oh, good for them. Because yeah. I was thinking, what kind of... Because... You know, we haven't really heard from them, but if they're still like, do you know what, we're still going to be us and perform and go elsewhere, then they've obviously got, you know, that fire in their bellies. Yeah. And they've got a really supportive group of friends around them. So when they Mm. are acquitted in the courtroom, um, their friends are all there. Their friends are cheering. Like, Mm. apparently it was was deafening, the noise Mm. they were making. And when they left the courtroom, they left in the arms of all of their friends. Their friends were there for them the entire way through. (sighs) But clearly they were like, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to. And this is what's interesting is the um, the trial took six days and the jury came back within in less than an hour, about 50 something minutes and acquitted them, which is quite lovely because I think that's really amazing to obviously there's some kind of big movement. I don't know, some kind of pincer movement to, to try and, you know, cut down on these incidents that they deem to not be fitting to society but the public are mostly kind of going you know what i haven't really done nothing wrong and we're we're okay with it so i find that quite refreshing in a way it is because they're trying to they're using this case to elevate it and push it forward into the media into people's minds yeah and saying yeah you know if you're doing this then clearly you've got a connection to uh performing this act and exactly I mean, number one, if you perform that act, whatever. But back then, it's... Gosh, I mean, it must have been so interesting to read about it and and to know them in particular. And there is possibly a thought that... So some people theorise that maybe they were... uh, Part of the reason of them being acquitted was due to the fact that they were, you know, middle class or upper middle class members of society. Um, if they had been lower classes of society, they may not have got off quite so lightly. Mm. Um, Classic Victorian times. All right. Um, Well, actually, modern times as well. Well, there is that too. Mm. Um, But also partly that, you know, they've got this big circle of friends around them who are helping and they're part of... It does seem like they're part of a kind of a queer community in the Victorian Mm. era, which, of course, is a community that would have had to be fairly careful but nonetheless careful, but it's very much there yeah i mean you know, we talked about the caravan club a few weeks absolutely. ago absolutely so and, many um, so many people that would have been completely for this and with yeah. this and have those feelings and probably not uh, have the um the confidence to to do that and dress like a woman which many people probably wanted to do yeah. so seeing these men just be them must have been so exciting if you were somebody that found it hard to be in your own skin for whatever yeah, reason absolutely so obviously when they leave they just think well let's go to new york where things are a bit more exciting a bit more um you know sort of uh, accepting i guess i mean mm. by this point um you know they've gone through the um american wars of independence i mean the the it's it's a bit of a tumultuous time really in in sort of history across the world when all this is going on and it's been quite a lot that's been happening so victorians are a bit twitchy about things so actually over in new york you've got a little bit of fun stuff happening and um thomas bolton does apparently carry on on the stage um in uh, as well he he appears under the name of ernest bine so i think from what i've figured out ernest is either his first name or his middle name so when he goes to new york he keeps that on and he ended up on the same bill as another um very famous um uh male impersonator and um frederick park also carries on performing as a guy called he goes under the name fred frinton um, but not very successfully and he only he dies rather young at the age of 33 so a bit of oh, a, God, a sad young. end for, for frederick park but but thomas bolton seems to have had quite a bit of success over there mm. as well um but you know the 
what what's quite interesting is that this is a, a, a an occasion that happens in British well Victorian society that really kind of freaks people out a little bit because they're they're trying to to you know get these guys on this particular term and it's it hasn't happened and so what then happens is that um the police decide that they're going to well when i say the police rather the government are going to actually amend things to make things a little bit harder so their not guilty verdict um it's believed sort of sparked a bit of a backlash in a way because the law was changed in 1885 and these guys have had their trial in 1871 and in 1885, there's an amendment that comes in called the Labouchere Amendment. Oh. And this means that the, if there's an instance where sodomy can't actually been proven, that an, you can still charge somebody with gross indecency. <gasps> and it is under this law. So actually, the law gets stricter and oh. much more divisive. It's oh, I didn't think you can say that. I know. Um, this is the law that we see Oscar Wilde and Alan Turing um right both yeah imprisoned and yeah. Or, or rather um i'm not sure if alan turing was in prison so much but uh definitely brought brought to trial and convicted and uh obviously we know that uh, it didn't end well for, for either of them particularly particularly alan turing which which what happened to him was horrifying and should never ever have happened and but it was under that amendment so in a way whilst it's a fantastic thing that fanny and stella were acquitted <gasps> what it did was was light a bit of a fire under the people who've been trying to get them you know sent to prison for it God, to it just make the rules stricter stricter and tighten things up even yeah. more oh wow awful, i it? mean i guess i guess the the jurors and the people that were trying to convict them probably felt humiliated themselves well i mean who knows God, that's terrible who knows so even if there was no evidence at all to suggest that that was going on, they were still going to be convicted. That yeah. is absolutely terrible. Yeah. It was unbelievable, but... When so was it, that it's dropped, amazing how these... Alex? Do you know? Do you know what? I don't know. Um, let's have a... I'm going to have a little quick... Um, so from the 1870s... Uh, 1885 is when it was introduced. 1885. Yeah. Gosh, I'll have to look that hell. up. But, yeah, um, we'll have a little look. Yeah. So one thing, I mean, it wasn't much before their trial that sodomy had actually, uh, would, well, could get you executed. It wasn't until that was um, taken out in the 1860s, I believe. 1860s? Okay. I think it was 1860s. So not not much longer, um, you know, beyond that. But um, Yeah. Wow. So there was a little period where it was slightly less strict, but uh, then it goes in, into a stricter bit, which is just really awful to think about. It really is. Gosh. So we'll try and find out when that was dropped, but I can't, I, on a cursory quick Google, I can't find uh, the date that it was dropped, unless you might be able to. Um, yeah. Oh. Having a little look. No, I think it might have been till 1967. Is that the law then that decriminalises homosexuality? It must be. I think it must be. Must be. Must be. It have gone all the way up to then. Goodness me. Wow. So it's that amendment that does it. Goodness me. And so you said that we can find some photographs of... Um, not... F- not photographs. Uh, well, no, but, actually, we um, do have... No, there are sketches. photographs. Oh, there, there are, are photographs. photographs. Yes, sorry. Oh, yes. There are photographs and sketches. There are both. Wow. Um, so we'll pop them up on the blog so you can have a little look at some of them. But, I mean, it, it's... What's interesting is... The photos of, in fact, I'm going to see if I can just find some for Emily to have a quick look at. Oh, because, please. Um, because they are, you know, they, they they are just presenting as women. And it's quite interesting because, you know, to all intents and purposes, they they look like just normal Victorian women. Uh, here we go. I'm going to just, uh, this is great for podcasting, isn't it? Just share my screen with Emily. <laughs> so she can see. Sorry, guys. It's all right. I'll just, scroll. I'll say what I see. There we go. Let's have a little look. So this is them here. As you oh, can see, they're so wearing believable. full Victorian... Oh, I mean, face. you know, those incredible... Those incredible huge skirts and, and beautiful hair and all that oh, kind of thing. huge skirts, buttons going down. Yeah. And then we have a picture Bus. of um, 
the of both um, Frederick and Thomas with Lord Clinton as well. Oh yes, oh very believable. I can understand why yeah. you know so many people said, well, you know, I just presumed they were women. I presumed yeah. that they were ladies just enjoying their drink. You wouldn't know otherwise. No, you wouldn't. Even the way they hold themselves. Yeah. And in fact, there was a time when um, the pair of them had been, I think it was like a, a, a boat race or something, and they were there. And there was a man, oh, they, that's it, they were dressed as men at that occasion. And there was a man there who was convinced that they were women dressing as men. And he gave them tips on how to walk more like a man to be more convincing. Really? Yeah. Oh. So actually, <laughs> even when they were dressed in male attire, they still didn't quite fit in. Mm. So whether they were trans or whether they were, um, you know, um, just they they like dressing as women, they just like drag and that kind of thing. I mean, who knows? We don't know. Mm. Um, nobody ever really asked them. And I suppose it wasn't really a, an option back then. So there you go. Yeah, I guess it could be so many reasons, couldn't it? Could yeah. be the material, could be the connection that they have with women or, you know. Yeah. So there is Thomas Gosh. Bolton of Frederick Park. Wow. And where did they link to in London? Bow Street Magistrates Court. Oh, ah, yes. Uh, I mean, they did live in London. But they mm. did live all over. But I linked them particularly to Bow Street Magistrates Court slash the Strand Theatre because mm. that's the, where the, the court case kind of revolves around. Wow, really interesting, Alex. Thank you. Pleasure. Mm. I say pleasure. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a sad one, but yeah, it's um, very sad. But again, these are the stories that need to be told. I think. Yeah. Be really interesting to um, have a little look into the newspapers and the articles that were written mm. um, yeah. at the time. We'll pop some links up. Mm. Are there um, things about them in the museum in the Bow Streets? Is there a museum? Not that I know about. No, mm. uh, but it might be something to ask when we get the director. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Podcast pedestal. Great. Well, go. gosh, I mean, do you know what you're going to pick for your podcast pedestal? Crux? Cruxy? Oh, I haven't I said the word crux in absolute <laughs> ages. I saw it written somewhere. I think it was called Crux Cafe. And I was like, Crux? crux yeah. <laughs> Alex Crux. So, what do I... Oh, I don't know. I'm quite tempted by the lady, Eleanor Coulton, at the theatre, who just was the one who said describe what they were wearing and said oh yeah they were they i thought they were women and they they weren't they weren't any problem they were just they were there that was it was she the one who said that uh, described what the the yeah, satin the, the green, and no the, the drink the satin, yeah um yeah i quite i quite like that i like that description of them yeah and and the fact that she was just like yeah they were women as far as i was concerned yeah that's a really good one um who are you going to go for? What am I going to go for? It's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. <laughs> I was tempted by going for Thomas Bolton's mother as well. I think I'm going to go for them being acquitted. Okay. No, the actually the image of um, that you talked about how all of the friends was there and there was a big cheer yeah. of when they were acquitted and kind of walking off arm in arm. There are lots of lovely little things actually. It, well, it's not lovely, but that image of um, you mentioning their stubble coming through and their wigs starting to be askew. That's such a sad image. It and it? it really kind of says so much about um, custody and what it was like. Uh, during the Victorian uh, period, when it came to came to law, oh, but I think I'm going to go for them being acquitted and going off with all of their friends. That yeah. feeling of like walking out free. That sense of community, I think, is yeah. lovely, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, arm in arm. Right, let's go. Get your dresses. Off let's we go. go. We're off to New York. Off with the group of sisters. I love yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> off with the sisters. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go for that. Good choice. Good choice. Thanks. <laughs> so that's your choice for this week, everybody. So it is either uh, them being acquitted and their friends all cheering and, and like that sense of community, or it's the um, the witness, Eleanor Coulton, who was the, she was on duty at the Lyceum Theatre and just went, oh, I saw their lovely dresses. I saw them sitting there. They were fine. Nobody gave a damn. They were, they were groovy. And I thought they were women. I quite like her testimony. Fab. So let us know. I will put up the polls on Sunday. You can let us know on Instagram. You can just email us, message us. Let yeah. us know. 
the wheel of destiny so it is wheel time what are we thinking um i'm just gonna spin it alex and see yeah. what happens no preferences all right let's do it let's go yeah i'm just gonna go for it off we go It's landed somewhere. It's never landed before. I've actually had this. I don't know if you've seen in it. North London I've... again. No, it's not North London. I have put <laughs> lots rest of, of London. I've put quite a few North London bits up there, but I've actually put Fulham on there. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, that's and a when tricky I put one. when I well, it's not because I had somebody in mind for Fulham, so I don't okay. know if it was a bit cheeky, but I thought if it lands on Fulham, I kind of do the hammersmith kind of chiswick area mm. <laughs> kind of like merge that in but anyway fulham is fantastic because there's a director that i really want to talk about and she is called jill craigie or craggy have you ever heard of her no um film director a, a film director so oh, okay. kind of uh, one of the first not the very first but uh, british female director to start Ooh. creating movies in particular about war which was something quite new for a woman to do okay. so i'm going to talk about her oh how exciting yeah yeah yeah, yeah. female director brilliant is she still mm. around now no she's not okay well that's a sad point of which <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah exactly just to kind of you know uh break the news to you um oh well but yes oh yeah, yeah let's talk about yeah. her fantastic yeah. we'll do well that'll be next week wonderful yeah. well Come have on. a wonderful week everybody thank you so much for popping along we will see you next week for some chat about a fabulous film director i'm excited do we yes. need to do any any watching in advance of things is there anything we should go and watch or are you going to give us homework afterwards i'll give you homework afterwards <laughs> <laughs> You haven't thought that bit through yet, have you? <laughs> no, there's a massive list. Look so at fear on your face when I said that. And you're like, oh, don't ask me. Which one? <laughs> um, no, we'll do kind of like a... Well, maybe there might be something on Netflix, actually. One of her old movies or whatever. Fabulous. Or mainly documentaries, to be honest. But right. we'll talk about her next week. Looking forward to it. I love somebody yeah. new that I've never heard of. Yeah, there we go. Amazing. Well, gang, thank you all for popping along. We'll see you next week. And have a wonderful week. And um, enjoy. Yeah, keep coming in and, and uh, entering for the, the chocolate. Um, yes. And we will get the tickets Don't out to our winner. Don't forget the 1kg bunny. <laughs> Otherwise, Emily's going to have it. I know, yeah. Practically, she's got enough chocolate. She don't need no more. <laughs> yeah, I've got, some, I've got a lot of fudge as well today. Oh, dear. All right. Fair no. All right. <sighs> See you then, gang. Bye. Thanks Bye. so much, guys. Bye.